0: Before you're seated, though, let me give you my passage. That, this shirt, I'm going to shout out this shirt in a minute. It's cool. But before I do that, 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 13 through 18. This is Paul talking to the Corinthian church, the church of Corinth. We, however, will not boast beyond proper. Everybody say proper. Tea time is proper time, proper limits, but we'll confine our boasting to the sphere that, of the service that God himself has put us in or assigned to us, a sphere that includes you, church. He's speaking to the church, just like I'm speaking to one seed church. Paul is speaking to the church of Corinthians. See, nothing's changed. We need reminders of this stuff. Verse fourteen, we are not going too far in our boasting, as would be the case if we had not come to you. For did we? For did? <laughs> for we did get as far as you with the gospel of Christ. He's saying, as the as the ministers in that moment, as the the apostles, like if they hadn't brought it to the church, the church couldn't take the gospel forward. This is a team thing. He's like, this is not of ourselves. We're bringing it to you, and that's why the gospel is going somewhere. Verse 15, neither do we go beyond our limits. Everybody say limits. By boasting of work done by others. Our hope is that as your faith continues to grow, our sphere of activities among you will greatly expand. Did that not sound like what I just said about the worship thing? Like the, as our faithfulness grows as a church, our sphere of activities will greatly expand. It won't be a gym thing. It'll be bigger than that. It won't be a Sunday thing. It'll be bigger than that. But as we do it together and our faith grows together, our sphere that's limited right now will grow bigger. Y'all getting this? It's a team thing so that we can preach the gospel in the regions beyond just you. Here, he says, for we do not want to boast about work already done in someone else's territory. We got to take it to them and do it there too. A growing church is a healthy church. But sometimes churches gotta go through maintenance seasons. Can I just say that? So don't get the wrong idea. Everybody has to have a little maintenance mode once in a while during pandemics and such. That's how God survives the, the, the garden. You want the garden to keep rooting, you gotta go in maintenance mode sometimes. Till that thing, clean it up, love it like it's the best garden you ever had because someday the garden will change. It's good. But, 17, let the one who boasts boast. In the Lord, we don't boast of ourselves. We get excited and boast in the Lord because we know that God is worthy to boast about. Nothing in ourselves is worthy to boast about. For it, verse eighteen. For it is not the one who commends himself who the Lord approves, but the one whom the Lord commends is the one who is approved. As you touch it, <laughs> I cannot talk this morning. As you are seated this morning. I want to give you my title, look to your neighbor, and tell them the value of limitation. Come on, y'all. You can sit. Look to your neighbor, the value in limitation, of limitation, (laughs) like limited caffeine. The value, Derek, of limited caffeine will cause you to not speak as clearly as you ought. Speaking to myself there sometimes too much caffeine can have the same effect you know then you speak in light speed and no one can translate because you're speaking like the micro machines guy anybody remember him micro machines micro machines micro machines you're like what did he say yeah he did it fast on purpose real quick how many like my shirt look at this look at this look at this Jaira, you are good. Oh, fling, 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 fling. So that's, um, I'm a little late with this, but this was, a, this was a gift from Elevation Church, and Michelle got one too. And um, they got a really cool record called Old Church Basement with Maverick City. There's a collab. It's cool. Maybe we'll get a little OS collab someday. <laughs> but for now, check it out. It's really cool, and they got this song, Jyra, my provider. Jira, you are good. Dun, 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 dun. I don't know the words, but, dun, but it's just like so good. Dun, 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 you are good. You know it, don't you? Anyway, this is like old news now, but it's still great. It's still great. So check it out. Um, old church basement, Elevation Worship. So this this weekend, um, it, a couple incidents happened. It was an incident. Was there a report? No, not that kind of incident. So there's no yellow tape, nothing like that. As my boys, I have, four, I have five children. One is pre-earth, pre-air oxygen hitting their face. How do we say that? In the womb, not birthed according to the standards of humanity, but they are still alive in there. So that's my fifth baby. That's my baby up in there. That's my daughter, my third one. Oh, my Lord, what did I get myself into? forgot about diapers and all that junk. Anyway, I'll adapt. Chloe, you're changing some diapers. (laughs) Kaylee, at this rate, so are you. So, um, but my boys, you know, we like to do man stuff. Not that my girls don't like to do man stuff. I'm not trying to be sexist or anything like that. I'm just saying my boys would like to do man stuff. I was just saying how Caleb this morning, he went from bottles to meat. Like, he's such a man that he went from his bottle, his baba, to brisket. He skipped all the veggies, he skipped the jar of food, and he went straight to barbecue. I wouldn't recommend that, but that's why he's got a hairy chest and he's only 10. I'm just saying, try it. It's amazing the fruit that God brings from what you ingest and in carcinogens. So, we like to go down to the lake, and we were, we were hanging at the lake this week. And Caleb, he's just like... I forget he's 10 sometimes because he'll go out on the on the kayak and he'll pull in fish out in the kayak and then he'll, like, take him off the hook himself. And I'm like, my little boy, what's he going to do? And he's like, I got it, Dad. And he pulls the fish off the hook, throws it back in and gets another. And so I started to, like, test his limits. I started to test him a bit, like, how far can I push him before he cracks in a, in a bad way? And so so we had this, this thing put in to Put the kayak in so that we could easily dock the thing quickly to and from the water, and so it's like two chains, two chains—not those kind of chains. It's a chain you drop the the kayak in the water. Okay, people, this isn't this isn't rap music. This is a kayak lift mechanism that you 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 hook up to the thing wherever you hook it up to your car, if you want, I guess. And 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 as you lower the chains, the boat drops, and as you pull up the chains, the boat works its way up, and then you you just lock it. Okay, and so so genius move by dad here. The kayak was so heavy that I could not physically without passing out, turning blue, even move the thing up one side with one chain, Rusty. I mean, it was like superhuman strength you needed to do this. And what we realized is I, I, the kayak was not adequate to go on the lift. The lift was not supportive of this size kayak. And so my idea was, hey, Caleb, you try and I'm going to try to hold the thing. So it didn't dawn on me that it's like dealing with like a tire jack. And if you let go of that chain, it could like break something like fingers. It's just boom. So he's in there and he's, he's, he's like, okay, dad, I'm like, no, don't don't get hurt. And he grabs it, and next thing he knows, my finger's stuck, my finger's stuck. And his little finger was pinned between the chain and the, the bar that the chain was on. And I'm like, oh Lord, I almost broke my son's finger how silly. I said, why'd you do that, Caleb? I was trying to hold it, dad. I'm like, oh yeah. So, so that was that. And he was okay, but I almost broke his little finger. And so, so the wisdom set in this morning. And then yesterday we had to move this TV. And so, so I called my dad over. He's probably not here today because he's injured from this experience. And we had to move this TV in our basement because we, you know, we moved the baby room and we got the, everything shuffled around. We had to move the fitness stuff and put the TV over here. And the TV is new, but it's, it weighs like an eighties TV. It's heavy. It's 200 pounds seriously. And so, so I get my dad, Like, dad, can you come over here? Can you help me just lift this up on, onto the, you know, the bars? Okay. You hook the TV on the bars and then you lock it down and it's a wall mount TV. It's a 200 pound TV on the wall. Great idea. So, so we come over there and I forgot my dad's a little shorter than me. And so we're like, you know, "Eh," we're doing the seesaw thing and I can see the little hooks to get to the bar are just missing, Mike. They're just missing. I know you're like, why didn't you call me? I live down the street. I don't know. should have so because my 72 year old dad who was worn out from a weekend of work I thought was a better option poor guy as he struggled in just to get to the front door I'm gonna have him lift this tv with me and so I can see the little hooks just barely missing the thing like we're just missing it And, and the look on my dad's face was not good at this point like I was starting to think about like 911 or something and so I what do I do Caleb hey buddy I think if you come over here and just help Papa nudge that edge, his side's 100, my side's 100, and together we can just like throw it up and hope to pray to God that it lands on the thing and no one gets injured. So he comes, and this is the second attempt now with a 10-year-old assistance, Caleb. So I said, now listen, Caleb, if I say get out of the way, get out of the way and don't wait, because this thing could crush you and break your little legs, okay? Okay, Dad, you know, he's a man now he eats meat. And so he gets up there and this time we're all three going. And the look on my dad's face is not good. Love you, dad. But it was straight up scaring me. And, um, and, and Caleb's underneath, like right here under the TV. And so I said, Caleb, step back. He don't move. I can see that. Um, at this point it was not, maybe I'm like the TV's going down. To the hardwood, it's going down. So I got to at least save Caleb in the process. But I I could tell on my dad's face the TV was going down. I said, "Caleb, get back." He don't move. I said, "Caleb, now get back." He goes. So I said, "Dad, set it down." I said, "I'll call someone else." I said, "It's not worth dying over." So the TV's still on the floor, Mike. I might call you later. And the moral of the story is, I put Caleb in a situation two times that was just a little bit beyond his limits like a little bit too much beyond his limits i put him in harm's way really twice and 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 what's funny is when i said move when i told him i warned him i said if i tell you to move you do it fast because there's no time and then he didn't i was like annoyed like why didn't you react faster really it was to compensate for my um Being upset that I put him in that position to begin with twice in one weekend is really what I was upset at. I was upset at myself, but we had hit a limitation. He had hit his limit, and uh, rightfully so, because no matter how hard Caleb tried to lift that thing, it would crush him. If my dad said, here you go, Caleb, no matter how much willpower Caleb had, um, it would have taken him down and not up the TV. The TV wouldn't have gone up, the TV would have gone down. So limitation is not a bad thing. It's like um, a governor on a car. There's a reason, Nolani, they put a governor on cars. Okay, can I just say, she's got some really cool fast cars. and, And I know what happens when you get those fast enough, the governor kicks in and you're like, oh. Can't go any faster, but the thing says this, but the car says no. See, there's a reason, and I'm just, I'm just playing there. I know you would never drive it fast like that, um, but I have once and in, in almost died in, in, a, in a Mustang, and I realized what a governor was when it stopped at a certain thing. I'm like, oh, that's as fast as it goes. There's a reason there's a limitation. There's a reason God keeps you in a season of limitation. Because if you asked God, if God gave you everything you asked for, can you honestly tell yourself in this moment, that would have been a bad thing. Has anybody, anybody ever had that happen? Where or, or you just really wanted God to do it, and then he didn't, and in hindsight, you're like, now I see why he did not do it so quick. Anybody? Like, like there's, a, there's a little bit of waiting to this thing. The, the joy of the Lord is great and slow, like like God does great things and it takes forever, but like it's good when it happens. Like there's a reason, there's a limitation. And so it's good to test our boundaries, but if we go too far past our boundaries, it can Crush us, it can break a little ten year old pinky it can break a ten year old leg it can it can break it can break uh, papa who lives next door, it can break a son who lives next door who has to preach the next day. It can break you if you go beyond the limits of that season. It's like a sphere it's like a it's like a circle you're in a boundary and if it wasn't having to go through these type of seasons which nobody asks for. Nobody asks, says, hurry up and make me wait, God. Nobody asked for that. If we didn't have to go through that anyway, I can't say I would have been able to handle the seasons I actually asked God to give me. Many times I wanted it faster. And if God had given it to me the way I wanted it, I would not have been able to handle it well, or maybe at all, if he had done it my way, like Sinatra. I think Elvis covered it also. Old song, forget about it. You can YouTube it later. There's a reason God puts a governor on your season. There's a reason God puts limitation in your sphere. That's why living in the moment matters. We often ask God for the fruit of what we're expecting, but we look past the journey that gets us there. A building sure would be nice, wouldn't it? But to get one, that part's not fun. Growing a church would be amazing to just pack this place out. But doing that takes grinding work, day in, day out, all in for Jesus. Like that part, I don't know, I might just go somewhere else, the pool or something that day. Like what I'm saying is if it's good at all, it takes all in investment. And so that season of limitation is where you build that thing that God will bring later. And if you skip it, you've got rice cakes. Nobody likes rice cakes. Anybody like rice cakes? You know, I just bought some hummus, Allison, and uh, it's pretty, it's pretty good on those things. It really quits tasting like cardboard when you put the hummus on there or some keto peanut butter because of the carbs, you know, which is not good peanut butter, but They say do it that way. It's all about following the the community and the keto. But what I'm saying is what am I saying? I don't know. If we don't invest in the season of limitation we're in, we'll never see the fruit of that season, which is actually what we're asking God to give us, you know. I'll never be ready for a blessing that God has for me tomorrow if I can't handle the season I'm in that's limited right now because I'm absorbing. That's a good word. Look to your neighbor and say what are you absorbing? If you don't have a neighbor, look across the gym and say what are you absorbing? Won't it be good someday when you actually have a neighbor no matter where you sit? You'll have a neighbor and they can breathe and you can breathe and nobody's worried about it. It will be great. What are you absorbing in your sphere? Jake, what are you absorbing in your sphere, we don't even know. We don't even always know what we're absorbing because it's subconscious. Are we asking God for more than we can handle in this current time? But by absorbing God's process of growth and making the most of the sphere He has put us in, put us in God will deliver great value through limitation. That's a good one. God delivers great value through limitation. So what is your sphere? A sphere is like, um, if you drew it on a a diagram, it'd be like little circles. Like if you took the Olympic logo and you moved them around and you put something in the middle and then you had overlapping circles and it no longer was the Olympic logo, but those circles now become spheres. I've got my family sphere. I've got my church family sphere. I've got my work sphere. I've got my friends sphere. Like I've got these circles. Let me put it this way. What circles are in your life? What circles are you hanging in? And there's overlap, right? Right? So God will use spheres or circles, and you geometry measures, I don't, I don't know if that's technically correct, if a sphere is absolutely round or if it can have curves beyond the circular, but it doesn't matter. It's a print of illustration here. So, so these spheres, God will use. And not all spheres are intended to be used for God, but God will use them for his benefit anyway. Like the ones that wrecked you, that sphere God will use it. It's not just the sphere of "I'm going to go to church and be with my church family on Sunday sphere." That's great, and yes, do it. I'm saying the other supplemental spheres are all spheres that collaboratively make the thing, that make you, to make your life, to make the journey. And so God uses all of them. He doesn't use just the good parts that He could already do that. He, he uses all of them that you're challenged in, family, church. Your job, school. So my question this morning is: What spheres in your life can you think of in this moment? Or maybe you got to like go back and think about it. Do you think God has you in for spiritual growth? Hmm. It's interesting, right? When you put it like that, you can really go think about: Is this sphere contributing to spiritual growth? Is he saying like spiritual growth is everything? I'm not saying it's everything, but it's number one. So if you move spiritual growth out of the number one spot, spiritual growth will take a, a blow, so to speak. It will, it will fall down the priority list. And so maybe there's a sphere that has nothing to do with God, but you saw God do something to bless you in it. Maybe it was like selling your house to find another house, and you had to pay you know double the price just to get... Something with a garage door. Like, maybe that's the sphere you've been in this past season. I know a lot of people who've had to do that. And then you saw God do something through that. Like, I just want you to think proactively, like maybe today or tomorrow, what spheres in my life are there and which ones are helping me grow spiritually? It could be good and bad spheres, but you're seeing God do good in some of them, even the ones you didn't expect. Because before we can maximize where God has us now, we have to identify those spheres. You have to know what you're working with. At this point in my life, I pretty much have a handle on my spheres. I would say earlier in life, I was less attentive to what they even were because I probably didn't even care. But now that I'm older and I see that the end happens also, I don't like that part, um, I start analyzing my spheres more, paying attention to the details. How many know details matter? Like, you heard of the 80-20 principle? Like, it's easy to do 80% of the work, but 20% are actually taking it to the finish line because details matter. It's easy to do the broad thing. It's hard to be the thing that separates you from the rest of the world. That's the, that's the detail in it. Details very much so matter. And so this type of thinking, critical thinking in your life is hugely important spiritually. Like, yeah, you could keep doing the same things over and over and getting the same results. But maybe God is trying to change your spheres so that you can get a different result. So maybe some people had never come to church before, and now they do, and they see what God has done. I mean, we we're all a witness to that. We see what God does to us in the process. He's changing our spheres. He's changing our, our focal points of priority. We may think godly spheres only pertain to intentional seeking like church, but No it can be in that fight you get in with your parent i mean your in-laws every holiday that can be a thing that god is trying to get your attention with it can be in that coworker that you you can't stand because you know they're talking about you and your faith you know like all these things god can use that if you look at it in a positive way like look at challenge adversity as an opportunity to change and handle it different I preached a sermon once in 2018 and I probably wouldn't do it again cause it was pretty, it was pretty hard. And um, I let a lot more of me and my personal feelings come out on this message. And it led some people to, uh, it was about lying. It was, it was a really aggressive title. It was called uh, deception addict. I mean, it was just really like aggressive and it, it was so strong that it saved a few marriages and it also wrecks somebody into cursing me in an email the following week. And so what I try to tell them is that use that as an opportunity to look at it differently. So what they did is they, they reevaluated their approach and saw that the the, messages as in, the intent was actually good. And it stirred them in a way that made them want to run back to the same thing, to run away. And so I said, what if you just Looked at it as a positive intent. And maybe God will show you something. And then he did. And that person became a pillar in this church. And and this person was like straight up hating me because of that message. And I felt, I felt kind of bad, but I'm like, I can't control where the seed lands, you know? I'm just trying to give it as, it as it's given. But what I'm saying is that would not be a sphere you thought God would put in your place. That, that situation, either as the pastor or as the person, what I'm saying is that sphere, that moment changed everything for that person. They became a different person because they decided to give it a chance, and it broke The mold, so to speak. And so then their their all their spheres in their life started to shift, change. One sphere became more priority than the previous spheres that had priority. Like you saw that shift in that person, it was so cool. And that's that's like the gospel. That's what we want to do is we wanna penetrate deep enough that God stirs that and gets you to reevaluate your spheres and reorder them and maybe get rid of some if you need to. If one sphere is dominating the others, that might be too much. So that's kind of what was going on here in the in the text is um, the Corinthian church was getting out of hand with their their self. They were they were changing their priorities, they were trying to go beyond the limitations of where God had them for a reason so that they could actually grow. We talked about it in this past series. Israel went beyond their limitations. And so what happened, God had to trim it back. Sometimes you got to prune that thing for it to grow or your garden's going to die. And so God had to trim that tree of Israel back so he could actually get to King Saul and King David. But all these things that I'm referring to have a common denominator, a boundary or Limitation. God delivers great value through limitation. Otherwise, you become like the Corinth- we become like the Corinthian church, misguided. When you stray from the word, when I don't read enough, which is a lot of times I've tried, I go in these ebb and flows. I take, sometimes I take a break so I feel more inspired, but if I take a break long enough, I'll never feel nothing, and then I start feeling like I'm only eating the rice cakes again. Like you've got to stay consistent over just staying inspired. So, so what happened to the Corinthian church is they started doing it their way, the quick way, the band-aid gospel. That's not the gospel when it's changed according to his word. And so Paul recognized what they were doing, and they were getting a little bit self-absorbed. Like they weren't absorbing the things of God. They were absorbing in their own ego and modifying the word into something that looked good but was damaging and toxic to where they were supposed to go. And so they would never hit the expectation that God had at the end of the road or at the next chapter because they were wasting the sphere they were in. Y'all getting this? Look at that. Wow, that's cool. Claps. I remember those at the theater. we we were at the theater, people were going nuts because you couldn't hear them because it wasn't echoey. And I didn't know how loud and rowdy the people were getting until I would watched the video that was recorded on the the actual camera we don't use. And you hear people hollering. It was so good. And I'm not saying it's not good now. I'm just saying, like, it's okay to get excited for Jesus. It's okay. It's okay. Don't judge my dance moves. I know I'm arrhythmic since I got married. Back there. But Paul recognized this that they were going beyond the limited sphere that they were supposed to be in. They were straying from God's word and took it upon themselves. And the danger in that, again, is boastfulness. Not in the things of God, but in ourselves, because because they started looking at what they were doing as heroic, you know, impressive, like, look at me, oh, look at me, let me share. There's a reason they put everything on your phone and a share option, because we're trained to boast ourselves, that's the world we're living in. We're trained to be superficial. We're trained to, bo- I'm not saying like share something cool. I'm saying like we're being taught that we are to share everything about us, to boast in ourselves. And then we're wondering why suicide is at an all-time high. Like it's empty. It's empty. It's 35 calories. You need at least 500 not to starve. Okay. You need meat, not rice cakes. We started the church because we wanted to give meat, not rice cakes. We can go to the grocery and get any type of rice cake I want, but I needed meat to sustain. And so, so, so when you start changing the menu on the word, God starts coming back and saying, you're breaking what I set up for you. You've got to have some, some governor on this. You've got to have some government on it, like some limitation on this. So that's what they were doing, they were getting out of control. We become self-sufficient. When you start really boasting, like when you just so you know, if you ever go down a dark path and you get really good at boasting, I've been there. Then you start comparing. Oh, somebody still did it better than me. Oh, they still had a nicer thing than me. When I thought I was the man and I showed what I have, and then the neighbor said, well, I got this. It's bigger. It's better. Like, then it, it, it starts draining you down. That's why the depression goes up. That's why the suicide goes up, because it's not fulfilling. It's actually emptying you of everything, because now you're living in a scenario of comparison of spheres, a comparison of what they have, how they look. And just so you know, all the good pictures on Instagram are lies anyway. The really good photos are the ones that don't go up there. Those are the real ones. I did a joke once, Christine. This was so funny. I did um, I did a split picture, Nicole, in the car. And I put real life Instagram version. And uh, the, the real life was like I staged it. It was so funny. It was Colton strangling Caleb by the neck in the back. And then and then the, the Kaylee and Chloe were like clawing each other and I was screaming at them and we were like, okay, go, you know, like horrible and, and I put real life. And then the Instagram on we we're just like the cleavers, you know, and um it was funny, but it was, I mean, we don't really strangle each other anymore. But it was, it was funny because it was somewhat true, you know. Like, <clears throat> we're living in this, 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 this season of, like, how can we match the next person? And if, if theirs is better, how do we want up it? And so, like, every, every app, everything, it just feeds into that self thing of boast that he's condemning here. Now, I'm not saying if you go fishing and your boy's fishing, you want to post a cute picture of them catching a bass. I mean, who would do that? that is, I did that this weekend. Like, it's fun to share stuff. I'm not saying don't share nothing. I'm just saying when that becomes who you are in your identity, you will fall short because that becomes your, your source of strength, and it's a rice cake. You got to put some hummus on that thing. You got to put some peanut butter on that thing for it to do something Good. There's got to be a limitation, though, in this process. I don't like it. God don't like it when you can't do what he says. I don't like it when Caleb can't do what, he, what I say, but I realize his limitation is there for a reason. Because we'll start putting our desires over God's if we had no. Can you imagine if we had no limitations at all? Like whatever we asked for? Boom, we have it. Can you imagine what a wreck of a world? I mean, it's already a wreck, but how much more of a wreck it would be in if we just had it at our... That's why, like, you hear of, like, child celebrities or, like, really wealthy people, like, like when they can never have a limit, it destroys them. It's because they don't even know what they're asking for. It's poison to begin with. They don't even know it. Like, so that's why it's so important that we have a limit when we started the church, everything you see here has been thought over a zillion times in a long time ago. Like, nothing is like fly by the seat. And so, like, when we started the church and we needed people to serve in certain ways, we had people, family members, who not, not, not you, the ones that aren't here anymore. And um, I won't say anybody else, but any of the other relatives that related to me, I'm talking about them. So, like, <laughs> so they only wanted to do the fun stuff. I'm like, well, if it's for the Lord and you need to clean the toilet, wouldn't you do it? No. No. Well, we didn't have to do that, but I'm just saying, would you? And, and so we had like this, and not just family, like we had, we had some people come and go because they only wanted to come in to touch the thing that sounded like super, super fun. But super nece- necessary is the first priority. Super fun is the fruit of doing what's super necessary, you know? And so if we only did what everybody wanted to do and it was just super fun, we'd have nothing, We would have croaked in 2018 with all the other churches who just wanted to do what was super fun. But we had to lay down in in, in an integral foundation that the priority has to be the necessity first. So so some people come and go from that. And that's okay. They're not ready for that really all-in moment. And, you know, being a church plant, it's a little more than normal than walking in a church that's already established. But like a setup team, you know, you got to have it. You got to have it, and you got to have these things. And so, what I like to do is I like to see if they're willing to do what we need. Then, of course, we want to bless them where their potential is. But it's all about what are they willing to do for the church? It's not about me. It's not about uh, just feeling good. It's about what does the church need first? That's got to be addressed. And so, so we wanted to make that a principle, and we still we still follow that model because because we want people to invest. In boast of God's greatness, not the greatness of "look at me, I'm singing hey, Look at me, like like Chloe before she ever sang was doing stationary handout. She now helps do setup. Like, and she's my daughter. I give her a pass, but but like but like we don't just throw them up there, you know. Like like my other son, I'm like, no, you just can't do it because you're just not good enough. <laughs> I don't say that. I say someday if you work hard, maybe you can do it. But like if I just gave it to them, that wouldn't be good. There has to be a limit. Uh, limitation to where they can go because they have to grow into it. It's the same for all of us. So I just share that story because um, we dealt with that a lot. And as soon as the people found out they couldn't do exactly what they wanted, it had nothing to do with the vision or plan of what you were doing, the church, they were out. We're like, good, because that will hurt the culture anyway. That will destroy what we're trying to build, which is a, a foundation, the foundation has to be strong. And so when that principle is followed, everybody wins because the fruit comes. And when the fruit comes, you, you go, you remember when I was making a big deal about that season God put me in? And it was just so horrible. And I forgot I had air conditioner. And I forgot I had water to drink. Like, you know what I mean? Like, like you see people starving for God who have nothing because they, they got nothing. So, so that is all tied to that comfort of boast. And I know I'm running along here, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to move it along. But it all centers around God's timing. It's about God's timing. If God takes a while, just say it's okay. I don't like that. But I have to say it's okay. I really didn't like when Corona hit, and I saw this is going to take an extra couple years just to keep us where we were. Like, I didn't like that personally, but there's a point to stay sane, Christine. I had to say it's God's timing. I got to deal with it. And if I let it hold me back, it'll destroy me. So I got to let it go and let God drive. So that's what we did. And that's what you got to do. Because God's timing, only God fulfills his timing. You can't push God's schedule ahead. You can only take a shortcut like the Corinth church. And if we're not ready for the job we're asking God to give us, we won't be able to hold the job we ask God to give us. God is training somebody up today in your spheres, not just here at church. He's training you up in all the things you're facing right now. Those online who aren't here because of the sphere you're in, like God is going to use that to train you up in something if you stick with him. There's no shortcut to God's timing. We must trust and not rush God's perfectly timed increase. Oh, man. I can see it coming going to be people speechless how did they do it how did they go from that to that christine it's impossible i don't know but god can do the impossible with all things god is it's possible with all things it's possible with god like there's going to be some people speechless haters silenced really they just want it too but they don't know how to go about it and there's going to be things that happen and I'm going I don't know. We just we just kept plowing. We just kept plowing. Cuz it's God's timing. All that to say, if you all can stand with me as we close here. Enjoy this journey. I'm preaching to me. Enjoy this journey. Enjoy this season of One Seed Church. Enjoy the journey of like the change that's coming. Like some of you are changing, you know, going from single to married and like like some of you have, having a kid and like some of you are having a fifth kid. Enjoy the journey. Like enjoy the journey because you can't get it back and there'll always be a new season to come. Like there's no, there's no doubt that eventually it will end whatever season you're in. That's the good part is if you hate the sphere you're in, know that eventually it will end if you trust and work forward. It's an opportunity to get you to somewhere you've never been. Look to your neighbor. It's an opportunity. Tell them, it's an opportunity. It's an opportunity. It's not about you and what you want to be stopped and nobody wants to let you do what you want to do. This is an opportunity for you to get to where God's trying to take you. That's why you got to be limited. That's why you need a limitation. We glory in the Lord. He will handle the increase of our understanding when we make the most of the season we're in. And before we go to worship here, I'm going to tell you one more note about this story with Caleb. The story that fulfills the value in the limitation. See, as irritated as I was not to get the TV up on the wall, when I asked Caleb, I said, why did you not step back faster? He says, because I didn't want to drop it. And like, he was worried about me and Pawpaw getting hurt. And he didn't want to drop it. He was willing to let that thing fall on him to, to help us and I said, Son, listen, your father knows what's best for you. And next time you sense a problem, let the TV hit the floor, you're more important. There's a reason I put a limit on your little abilities because you're more important than the thing. You're my child. And if you're my child and I say step back because you're not ready, do it now. Don't wait. Don't sleep on what your father tells you. If your father tells you you've got a limit, there's a limit for a reason and be thankful that God put it there. Amen? Every head bowed. Every hand up in the air. Let's let's pray now like we've never prayed and give thanks. God, we're thankful that you've put a limitation on on the boundaries, put a boundary on my life that I can't be foolish, but that you are always in control to remind me that if I try to go where I'm not ready to go yet that there will be a consequence and I can't have that because I want to stay in your canopy God your sphere of protection so we're thankful for that we're thankful that you're watching out for us even when we don't know how to watch out for ourselves. we're thankful that you're pulling good things out of the the problems out of the pain out of the kayak situation you're pulling good things to remind us that we need your limitation. If we want to go to tomorrow, we got to live in that limit now. We're thankful God. We give you all the praise and all the honor. And if the house of God can say in Jesus' name, amen.